We lost a great race car driver on January 30th, 2020, a beloved fundraiser for Riley's Children's Hospital and fierce advocate for colon cancer screening. John Andretti's accomplishments behind the steering wheel were only exceeded by his humanitarian efforts. With an unparalleled life and career to celebrate, I've assembled a podcast feature that makes 16 stops along the way, all told by those who knew him and loved him. His legendary uncle, Mario Andretti, said it best. Try to, to put together how many drivers have driven midgets on dirt, asphalt, sprint cars on dirt, asphalt, sports prototypes, indie cars, stock cars, and top fuel. You tell me who has done all that. No one. No one that I could ever remember. I mean, that I could ever put together. I mean, there's no way there's another one that has done all that. He's alone. He's alone there. In the sixth installment of Remembering John Andretti, we have Mario Andretti, who tells us about a magical trip to France in 1988 for the all-Andretti factory Porsche 962 effort the 24 Hours of Le Mans. All brought to you in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast by the Justice Brothers, Cooper Tires, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets, USA. I've always appreciated John for his ability as someone who loved driving to the point of anywhere, anytime, anything. If there was a seat open, he wanted to be in it and the 1988 24 Hours of Le Mans that he got to do with you and Michael, boy, I tell you, qualifying third as part of the factory Porsche team, finishing sixth, not only for the Andretti family, but for John on his debut. I know that was a fairly spectacular event that said a lot about him. Just curious what you might remember from that event you could share. Well, I remember, you know, I, I remember a lot. Actually, it was it's not a special time when it's the only time that we were actually, uh, you know, teammates in the, in a race of that magnitude. And uh, and again, factory Porsche, they liked him. Obviously, he had the you know track record with Porsches and so forth. So, and they they loved the idea. The three of us, I, I pushed for that. You know, and uh, Norbert Singer uh, really liked. He liked me. I think he liked us. And um, and they liked the idea. And 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 he was uh, very much on with us on the strategy. And uh, that year, I don't know if you know or remember or follow that uh, there was a very peculiar rule that I think was uh, they kept it on for a year or two, maybe about fuel. Mm. maximum amount of fuel that you could have for the race. In other words, if you pushed beyond, and uh, there was all a, a lot of strategy involved, if you went beyond and consumed more fuel than you were allowed, you had to just be in the pits and wait. You could, in theory, run out of fuel from the overall fuel amount given to each team before the end of the race, if you didn't yes. manage your fuel mileage correctly. Yes. And and we played, you know, we tried to really, and, and I think, you know, all, except maybe, I mean, uh, John and I specifically, I think we we were we were really doing good fuel mileage-wise. Like in practice, we did quite a bit of stuff, rolling in the corners a lot, 
you know, Michael was a lot more aggressive, as always is. You know, he used to pump the throttle a lot. You know, he, Michael was tough even in Indy cars to save fuel because he was 10, not 10 tenths, 10 twelves. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, how's this? Just as John loved driving a race car more than anybody, I think Michael loved the throttle pedal more than anybody. <laughs> anyway, uh, the bottom line is we were, uh, it was a little past midnight, and we were the only one of the top teams, including the Jaguar, as they're paying attention. They were in, everybody was in deficit except us. Wow. And we were, and I mean in quite a bit of deficit, like some, some had like six, eight, 12 liters in deficit. That's a lot. And, uh, and we stayed, we obeyed, I should say, a Norbert Singer, and all of a sudden a freaking injector failed, and we lost the cylinder. And instead of spending a lot of time, you know, just with that, and uh, they, uh, they, I think they took a plug out. Yeah. And they said, keep going. And we, uh, we kept going on five cylinders. Luckily, it rained. It rained quite a bit which helped. And, uh, and we were still, you know, we were a good sixth, you know, in, uh, in the final, but obviously, you know, uh, five cylinders at Le Mans, even in the rain, you got the long, long straight. And I tell you, you know, you're giving up a lot, but he says, push like you're qualifying, which at least for that, we had fun. We had a lot of fun because, uh, at the, from that point we just could push. And, uh, and and that was it. But at least we had a good, uh, you know, decent six that we finished, and um, and that was uh, so. It was memorable for us just to be together, see our three names on the side of the car, and all that, and all three three American flags. You know, another thing that stood out from that event, Mario, is this wasn't the first time you had visited or, or entered Le Mans with Michael. We know that the 1982 event uh, will go down as one of the bigger days of shame and how the organizers there behaved. But you had been to this famous race with your son. You'd won it in class in 1995, you know, years later. But this is something at least where you and Michael had experienced France and Le Mans before. What do you recall yeah, just from having third, we, John we as well? We started in, in 83. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ran for the Kramer brothers, yeah. So what uh, was what was it like being able to go back this time with uh, with John, really seeing all this for the first time through his eyes? That's the thing, you know. It's so special because it's something that is even hard to, you know, to even think of planning. But then when it comes together, say, man, it's us. It's us, all three of us, and... Uh, we know that something we'll remember for the rest of our lives. You know, it's got to be that special. Um, so uh, that's it. You know, I uh, I can give you, you know, as I say, much more details of that. There's something to be said for family. As mm. you can see, uh, especially the family loves the same thing. Career-wise, you know, when I go back and, uh, you know, I've been, you know, more fortunate, you know, than, than I could ever, ever deserve. And yet, and when when I really reflect on things, you know, the highlights is, uh, you know, the times that with my family, when uh, Michael and I were on podium, you know, 15 times, you know, and uh, on the front row, 10 times, you know, one, sure. two, five times, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, 
and uh, and include uh, John, like uh, you know, the four of us at Indy, and, you know, two years in a row, uh, you know, and Milwaukee podium. Uh, you know, what could a family want more? You know, and uh, uh, 1986 at uh, Pocono, uh, they had the ARS. You know, they're like Indy Lights. Yep. Jeff was in the ARS. He, he was pole and won the race. Michael was on pole for the 500, and I won the 500. Nobody really paid attention, but we did. The three of us celebrated that night as a family. You know, we cleaned house between the three of us. So, um, again, that's when, you know, we, we've been so fulfilled by, by the sport, so blessed in so many ways. So with John, again, you know, we know that we had our own highlights, you know, to always remember. And that's uh, precious. I guess the, the last thing I'd ask Mario. So we've had, uh, we've had some little bit of time now to think back and reflect on John's life. We know the beautiful and amazing things he did on the charity side for so long uh, for Riley's and really just that became such a passion project for him. We know that he's driven so many different cars. I loved one of the quotes that Kyle Petty gave me in talking about John's career and all the different things he did and the success he had talking about, you know, this is like a Picasso type painting of a career. Just curious to close here. What comes to mind about John Andretti, the race car driver? He was pretty special, wasn't he? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look back and see, try to, to put together how many drivers have driven midgets on dirt, asphalt, sprint cars on dirt, asphalt, sports prototypes, Indy cars, stock cars, and top fuel. <laughs> you tell me who has done all that. No one. Yeah. No one that I could ever remember. I mean, that I could ever put together. I mean, there's no way there's another one that has done all that. He's alone. He's alone there. Mm. Gonna miss him. Obviously, we miss all the ones that we love that that made such great impacts on the sport. But man, uh, there's no way. I mean, it's just uh, obviously the racing. You know, just like uh, you know, John and I were in in touch all the time, especially, you know, after his illness, when it was coming down to be more precarious. Uh, and, uh, and, and he'd, he'd like to hang on the phone. You know, he always, he liked to talk and, uh, come bring things up to date. And, and sometimes we talk easily, easily for an hour and about three minutes of that hour was about his condition and what he's fighting. The other was all about racing. Formula One, whatever was that weekend, you know, he had his opinions and, uh, and setups. He loved to talk about setups. Uh. And that was really his forte because he was always very curious, but also, you know, he just stuck his nose in there always. And, uh, and I love that. You know, I was just talking to Michael this morning, you know, Mike says, I'm really going to miss him because we could always get an opinion out of him and whether it was right or wrong, it stimulated your brain because he just really was delving into it. And sometimes he'll just bring up an aspect that you didn't think about. And, uh, and you know, I said, John, you know, he was a real asset. Oh, they say, you're darn right, he says. Um, 
And, you know, that, that's the thing, you know, like he and I, we, we talk about, uh, you know, the sprint cars, we talk about uh, some of those setups and things, you know, uh, the staggers, you know, the sipe in the left rear, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, that uh, I remember and a lot of things that still apply today. So anyway, uh, you know, we always had a lot to talk about. Thank you, my friend. I know it's never easy, uh, never easy. Thank you for listening to Remembering John Andretti on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. Brought to you by the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and Cooper Tires. If this is your first time listening, more than 900 episodes are available at MarshallPruittPodcast.com. We also have a subscribe page where Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other listening options are readily available.